Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Even though from Southern California, I think originally, Willard and Dibbs, but he, uh, he joins us right now here on the Boxer and Gerson guest line. He was with the Chiefs four years ago. Did I get that about right, Mitchell? Did, did you grow up a Bay Area sports fan? Yeah, we did. So my dad is from Santa Rosa, and so he got us on 49ers and the San Francisco Giants. And so you're still a huge Niner fan. Um, You know, I kind of lost all allegiance a while ago. Um, You know, these days I got to stick with my Chiefs, but the Niners probably would be second if I had to. I'm sorry, but your phone cut out right there. Uh, Mark said something about you still being a Niner fan, and I heard you say, yeah. Is that right, Mitchell? I mean, they're up there. They're below uh, a couple of team allegiances that I've played for, but I mean, my dad's still a 49ers fan, my uncle, and no other 49ers fan, so... Um, you know, still loyal to the Chiefs, but I have enough 49ers fans in my life. Fair enough, fair enough. Mitchell Schwartz joining us here on Willard and Dibs. Uh, Mitchell, how would you compare the 49er team you beat four years ago and this one? I'd say this one, the offense is more explosive, and I think they can do a little bit more um, running game, versatility, explosive plays, you know, five playmakers at all times, the quarterback that can get it to him, you know, when he needs to, and also break the pocket and scramble a little bit and pick up yards there. You know, especially the past couple of weeks, I'd say the defense, I mean, that 2019 team, it was like a historic defense. They were so good, uh, especially up front. You know, we had to prepare against them for two weeks, and it was not fun having to watch two weeks' worth of, you know, 49ers film from the whole year. Um, and I think this year the defense not really playing uh, quite as good as that one. And, you know, I think that, to me, is going to be the, the key matchup, whether – the Chiefs O-line can keep doing what they're doing or whether the 49ers D-line kind of steps up and um, kind of takes away everything that Kansas City wants to do. Let's talk about that Chiefs O-line and the Chiefs offense in general because from an amateur eye, my eye, it doesn't seem like the Chiefs offense is nearly as explosive, yet here they are in the Super Bowl. How is Andy doing it without the same normal cadre of offensive weaponry? Yeah, they're not as explosive at all. I think, you, you know, you look at the data, I think Pat is averaging the lowest, uh, you know, air yards per attempt. He kind of looks like some of these uh, other guys that, that throw a lot of short passes because the team just doesn't have the vertical threats. And when they do get open, they don't always capitalize on it. So the offense has had to change into, you know, a little bit more of kind of a horizontal offense, being able to utilize the space created, especially in the run game, um, some, you know, well-timed screens and being able to pick up on some defensive tendencies. And then I think the biggest difference we've seen over the past month is that when the the deep shots are there, the Chiefs are finally capitalizing on them. You know, receiver drops, balls that are in a spot where receivers aren't, those things aren't happening anymore. So, um, yeah, it's a different offense that San Francisco is going to have to face this time. But to your point, Coach Reed, he's adaptable. He figures out, you know, what works for his guys. And 
the reason it's working, honestly, is the defense. It's, it's because the defense is so good that they're able to win games for the team and the offense is able to do their part. That's so interesting because, you know, you hear the average Joe talk about this games and it it's just Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. I, I, I can't bet against Mahomes. Uh, but you're saying that this group is is more driven by by its defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the entirety of the season and the defense played better than the offense. You look at this playoff run, you could probably argue the defense played better as well, especially when you kind of look at the entirety of who you're playing. You know, the Kansas City offense, it's a super cold game against Miami. It's minus five real temp, wind chill of minus 30. And they're going against the Miami defense that is playing guys they signed that week at defensive end. You know, it was a decimated defense. And so the offense does look good, but maybe adjusted against the talent level of the defense they're playing, not quite as good. You know, similarly, Buffalo, I felt like, was very injured by the time that game rolled around and didn't have their top-tier personnel and what they wanted to be defensively. And you look at the Baltimore game, and it was really two-and-a-half great drives. I mean, they had two touchdown drives to start the game, and the entire second half, you know, nothing really happened. A lot of punts and uh, a lot of frustrating football. So, yeah, the the offense is doing its part. You know, they're scoring, especially early, to kind of allow the defense to be more aggressive and to, um, you know, go for fumbles and interceptions and, and do everything that Spags wants to do blitz-wise. Um, but it's not necessarily a team that is reliant on the offense to win games the way it used to be. When you look at this offense, particularly the offensive line, going up against the Niner defense that was great early and the last couple of weeks has been maybe a little bit suspect, where do you see the big edge up front when you've got Bosa and Young and you've got Hargrave and Armstead and the front four and two great linebackers? From an offensive lineman standpoint, where do you see vulnerability in this Niner defense up front? Well, it's it's a good question. I I think, especially over this last month, as you kind of alluded to, I think... You know, Bosa's been playing exceptional football, and I feel like every team offensively goes into a game and says, we have to know where that guy is every snap, and we have to game plan around him. And so he might not be able to get the productivity that he was able to three years ago when, you know, the defense line was a little bit more stacked and game plans weren't maybe specifically designed around picking him out and trying to uh, neuter what he's able to do. And so you look at the other guys, and I think they're the ones that have to step up you know, especially against the Chiefs interior, which is one of the best ones in football, if not the best, obviously taking a step back with, uh, you know, Tooney not being able to play and we'll see if he does, but, you know, defensive line wise, that interior, if you're able to get a little bit of push on Pat, if you're able to move him off the spot in the pocket, uh, I think that's what you want to attack. And then, you know, you want to combine that with whatever, you know, both and, and Young are doing on the outside and these edge rushers, you know, if, if you're, giving those guys freelance and you say, you know, Bosa, you're a great player, just rush however you want to, you know, he's reactionary. He's going to go inside of tackles overset and Jawan Taylor, the right tackle for Kansas city likes to take deep sets. So if Bosa is trying to take advantage of that, he's going inside and there's no one left to contain. If Pat breaks the pocket, you know, that's not playing good football. They have to be on the same page. So I think, you know, interior wise, I would imagine the Chiefs are going to try to be physical, um, you know, make it a tough game for those guys and try to, you know, push the pocket uh, in the pass and then also try to get that vertical dent uh, in the run game. And I think that's where you can really make some hay. Mitchell Schwartz is joining us. He was with the Chiefs uh, the last time these two teams 
uh, played together in the Super Bowl four years ago, longtime offensive lineman for the uh, the Chiefs and Browns in the NFL, joining us here on Willard and Dibs. Mitchell, what's your take on all the discussion around Chase Young at times? Not great effort, has all the talent in the world, um, but uh, but it's been a little bit of a topsy-turvy ride since they acquired him from uh, from Washington. What kind of player do you think he is? Well, I think all the ability is there. I think that's why he got drafted as high as he did. He's had some success, and you know, knee injuries especially tend to slow guys down realistically for probably two years. Uh, you know, it's not just the year you come back that you start to flourish, and there's always kind of that little bit of doubt in your mind, and, and it's just a little different until you get that full season under your belt, you know, coming off the ACL. So I think all the ability is there, and if you were to look at really any player, you could probably find a couple plays that stand out in terms of effort on the backside of, plays whether that's an offensive tackle on the backside of you know a jets call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The other way or a power play the other way, whether that's, you know, again, a defensive end on a uh, counter, you know, reverse that goes the other way. So it just gets heightened because it's this time of year because there's only, you know, not two teams left and you're able to kind of cherry pick some plays. You know, I feel like, San Francisco's defensive line is so deep that you can tell those guys, hey, go all out every single play. If you get tired, we'll sub you out, and you can get a rest, and we'll get you back in when you're ready to go. And I think that's maybe where the disappointing part is, where you know you want those guys flying around at all times because you know on that specific touchdown that we're talking about against Detroit, that could have been the tackle that prevented that, and maybe the game doesn't get you know quite so crazy in the first half, and maybe you know, things don't start to spiral from there. So you, you want your guys to be given maximum effort. And at this point, it's the Super Bowl. There's only one game left. And so I'd, I'd imagine that, you know, he's going to be given his all, especially on, you know, maybe the backside of some plays where most guys are able to shut it down a little bit and, and conserve some energy for third down rushes. Yeah, no sense in shutting it down now when you've got six months off, either in a win or a loss in terms of the next uh, real football to play. What was it like four years ago, in the huddle with Pat Mahomes down 10, did his demeanor change at all? Did your confidence as a team wane when you guys ultimately came back to beat the Niners? No, there's no kind of lack of confidence, no kind of wishing things would happen and hoping they would happen. I think there was a you know, supreme belief that we had the ability to do it. We just had to actually execute and do it. Um, and again, that, the onus is on us up front as offensive linemen. I mean, we felt like if we were able to kind of do our part up front as good as that secondary was, it's really hard to cover for three or four seconds in the NFL, especially against uh, the receiver and tight end room that we had at the time. So we felt like, you know, we need to do our part up front, give Pat time, give the guys time down the field to get that little 
extra bit of separation to allow him to, to get that window. And, you know, obviously the, the wasp, play, wasp play has a little bit different uh, connotation in San Francisco land than it does in Kansas City. But the key part of that is Pat asking, do we have time to run wasp? That means, you know, are the guys going to hold up long enough for me to be able to throw this thing because it's a long route? And so that was, you know, kind of the, the thing that we had to do up front. And I feel like we did a good enough job and then allowed the skill guys to really shine and to uh, make some plays. So definitely no, you know, kind of confidence loss, just a, a belief in each other, a belief in ourselves. There isn't uh, really any change in demeanor. And I think maybe that's what separates him from some other guys. It's just always a, a pure belief in your ability to not only do it, but to actually accomplish the task. Mitchell, Kyle Shanahan loves to defer, always. Uh, you win the toss, you defer. He wants the ball in the second half. Does Andy Reid have a, a specific philosophy on that? Same thing. He's a defer guy. You know, I think there was, at some point, a little bit of data showing that you can get that edge when you're able to, you know, score and have the ball at the end of the first half and then get the ball in the second half and you can put up a, you know, say a 10-point swing in, in those last two minutes and the first five minutes of the second half. Um, I don't know that it's, you know, quite enough data to, you know, really say one way or another. I know Green Bay kind of went to the playoffs and, and was enjoying taking the ball first and they were having success on the first drive. Um, but I always <laughs> was a nervous and anxious guy. So I love deferring because I wanted to just kind of sit on the bench, let the defense do their thing, let the nerves <laughs> settle down. Um, I always got really anxious if we, if we had the ball first. It's like the, the nerves would be at their highest point. If I was able to sit on the bench a little, uh, I could kind of let them calm down a bit. One thing that we've seen from this week in the lead-up is Nick Bosa talking about four years ago and the fact that Kansas City tends to hold a lot, Mitchell. What did you think of those comments? And uh, do you guys hold more than most teams, Mitchell? You can be honest now. <laughs> um, so the funny thing is I actually, and I tweeted this, he's actually right. I mean, the guys do hold. Jawan is the most penalized guy in the NFL this year, and I believe he leads the NFL in holding. Uh, Donovan, I think, has led the NFL in holding since he started playing in, I think, 2015 it was. Um, you know, last week, Trey Smith had two straight holding calls. I disagreed with one of them pretty strongly, but, you know, Trey had a couple holding calls. And there are, especially from, from Bosa's perspective, when you're watching the tackles, there are plays where, um, you know, it looks like the tackles are holding and it doesn't get called. Now, you could probably say that about most guys. Um, I don't know that that's really atypical, but... I do think he has a point, and I, I don't necessarily think that you need to say that. I don't know if it's politicking to kind of alert national media or whatever. You know, we kind of saw that from the Kansas City perspective on the reverse side after the first game of the year where Chris Collinsworth is highlighting Juwan Taylor, talking about how early he gets off the ball, how deep he is in his uh, stance, and then that kind of becomes a national narrative, and he got maybe over-penalized slightly because of that coming out of it. Um, but no, I, I can guarantee you that you know, holding is not being coached. Um, you know, if you kind of go back to Green Bay in the mid-2000s and, and 2010s, there was a little bit of a schematic emphasis on an ability to kind of grasp the outside of the shoulder pads and then kind of lock guys down and, and dance with them. And obviously you guys have had your, your tussles with Green Bay, and that felt like an operation that, you know, it was almost a, a technique that was taught or it was a, a way of doing it. Um, with Kansas City, I think it's just, a couple guys who happen to be uh, a little more prone to it than normal, maybe a little, you know, not quite as good at the lateral agility to um, not let the guy disengage off his body while he's still got a grasp of the, of the jersey. All right, so while you're getting all honest with us. That was a great answer. It was a great answer. Uh, four years ago, third and 15, Nick Bosa was held, right? 
So I also explained this too. Um, based on the offensive line view of holding, he was not held. So our understanding of holding is your hands are part of the holding, but it, the major impact of holding is what your feet are doing. So if your feet are stopped and the guy gets, you know, off of your body and your arm or your grasp of the jersey is what's stopping him from getting where he needs to go, then that's a holding call. If you look at the play, it's Eric Fisher, our left tackle, who was blocking him. His right arm is kind of across both his body because that's the natural position to kind of catch an inside move when a defenseman does that. But Fish runs his feet and accelerates. And if you watch Bosa, he never really, his progress has never stopped. He gets pushed inside further than he wants to go, but there's never like a tug on the jersey. There's never uh, a change of momentum or a change in direction because of that specific holding. And so from our offensive line perspective, I know everyone's going to say I'm biased because I was on the team and, and I think the play is valid, but uh, Fish did a really exceptional job running his feet. You know, he's more athletic than I was. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I probably would have got a holding against Bosa. Um, but from, you know, the offensive line perspective, we don't see that as a holding. And obviously the officials didn't see it either. Isn't it true, Mitchell, that Fisher <laughs> held him so long he was forced to buy him dinner after the game? <laughs> um, you know, that's a. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Um, I might but, have you know, just made it up. A little bit of enemy territory yeah. now, so that's the new one. <laughs> yeah. um, no, you're home. You're a Santa Rosa guy. The 707. Your family. Your family. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was the offensive line perspective. What's the defensive line perspective, Mitchell? I mean, the defensive line perspective, they're going to say, you know, his arm was across my chest and he didn't let me go where I wanted to go. Right, right, right. And I would say you got to do something about that. You know, the guy's running his feet. This is not what a holding call is in the NFL. If that was the case, there would be a holding call on most plays. You know, again, does the defensive lineman get kind of outside the cylinder of the offensive line's hips and feet? And then does his movement get restricted because there's an arm that's grasped onto something or that's impeding his progress? And I'd say, no, that's not the case. So, yeah, it, it sucks, and I understand you know, <laughs> some visuals, and especially some screenshots, a lot of which were sent my way back then and, and more recently when I talked about it. Um, but I, that's just not really what holding is in the NFL. And, um, you know, it's fortunate that it went against them, but I'm lucky that it did not go against us. <laughs> Mitchell Schwartz, who was with the Chiefs four years ago with us here on, uh, on, on Willard and Dibs. Hey, what do we not know about being a teammate with Mahomes? Well, I think the thing that we're maybe seeing now is just how competitive he is. You know, I think that there's a maybe a misconception of what competitive nature looks like. And we think of guys like Jordan and, and kind of meaner guys who are unpleasant to be around all the time and who are not so nice teammates to try to get the best, best out of everybody. Um, and I think Pat has the same competitive drive, the same fire, the same want to in terms of showing people that they're wrong and proving how good he is. But he's such a good-natured guy. He's such a great teammate. Um, but that's the thing that maybe gets lost in the picture of who he is as a player. So I think it's great that we're getting to see that. Um, I mean, he's awesome, man. He he treats everyone in the locker room great. Um, you know, whether you're a guy just signed a few days ago, whether you're a guy that's, that's been there the whole time with him. Um, he likes to chat sports with everybody. You know, he seems to know everything that's going on in the sporting world, all sports. So. He's a really fun guy to be around and, you know, likes to uh, keep it loose and keep it easy and, you know, just a, a great dude. Uh, we all like uh, tight ends who, who catch passes, but but you like tight ends who also block, right? 
I do. I mean, uh, I know where you're going with this. But, uh, <laughs> you no, what do you guys? Cal educated. You, you can't speak yeah, on bio. No, what do you think? How do you compare Kittle and Kelsey? I would compare them in the manner that, for what football has been over the last decade, and when Travis has been as dominant as he has, the passing game has been, I would say, more important than the run game, and we're seeing that trend. Um, we're seeing that with the 49ers wanting to go up in the draft and get a guy who can kind of change what they're doing offensively in the past game, finding a guy in Purdy who can unlock more than Jimmy was able to in the past game. With how important the past game is, I would prioritize a tight end that can thrive in that. And I think Travis has shown that he's the best pass catching tight end of all time. He is obviously not the blocker Kittle is, especially with kind of the, the pure physicality and the relentlessness that, that Kittle likes to block with. But he does his part in the run game. It might not look as tenacious. It might not look as pretty at times, but he is a capable blocker. He is asked to do a lot of similar things to what Kittle is and maybe doesn't do it at, again, quite the same level or quite the same ferocity. But it gets back to, is it more important to be really good at two things which don't have equal weight or is it more important to be the best who has ever done it at the more valuable thing and not quite as good less valuable thing and you know i think that's maybe the better way to frame the conversation uh mitchell who do you think's winning the game you know i uh you guys obviously aren't going to believe it but i tend to be a little pessimistic about kansas city um i don't know why i've just kind of always been that way i thought it was going to be a huge challenge to beat Baltimore, and that was kind of proved wrong there. Um, the way it's looked the past month, i am got to go Kansas City. I just think San Francisco's defense isn't playing quite as well. The defensive line's not playing quite as well. The tackling hasn't been there uh, up to San Francisco standards. And you look at the Chiefs offense, and the offensive line's been playing great. Guys are doing their part on the back end at the receiver room. They're holding on to the ball. They're making guys miss in the, the short game, the screen game. And so I think that advantage is, in uh, Kansas City's favor, along with, you know, it's been talked about all week, San Francisco's got a little bit more of a static defense, and so they're either going to have to do stuff that they're not as used to doing to try to mix it up and, quote-unquote, confuse Pat and confuse the offense, or they're just going to be a little bit more static, and I can guarantee you with two weeks to prepare, you're not going to want to be that against Coach Reed. So they're going to have to maybe do some different things that they don't do quite as much and in different spots than they're used to, and then the other side of the ball, I think that's just going to be a heavyweight battle. I mean, good on good, physical on physical. Uh, it's going to be a really fun matchup. And so I just think that's going to be a bit of a wash in terms of both sides making plays and, and doing their parts. I just feel like the Kansas City offense as of right now has the advantage over the San Francisco defense. And, you know, that's what I think tips it. Okay. Those are fair answers, man. Thank you. are a good sport. Thanks yeah, well for, reasoned, thanks, too. <laughs> thanks for hopping on. Well, I knew I had to be, so uh, thank you guys for having me. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.